1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member
2: FDIC. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com easy. Ramp.com easy. R-A-M-P easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome back to Real Talk with me, Mason Bray. I appreciate you being here for this week's episode. This one is from my New York trip in September, where I talked to Sean McManus, who at the time was rounding out his 100th performance in Beetlejuice on Broadway as a vacation swing. He is now on tour with Beetlejuice. So please join me in pretending that our entire conversation is about the tour. Uh, because the life of Beetlejuice has unfortunately passed on. Make sure to keep up to date with my new episodes on my social media, at underscore Real Talk, underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter, and at Real Talk Podcast on TikTok. Now, joining me is Sean McManus, who is currently on Broadway as a vacation swing and grew up doing shows at the Paper Mill Playhouse and was recently on the tour of Cats before booking his amazing Broadway debut. So, hi, Sean.
3: Hi, Mason. How are you? Good.
1: How are you? I'm good. So let's dive in. Can you tell me a bit about how you got to where you are?
3: Yeah, um, as your lovely intro stated, um, I grew up like five minutes from Paper Mill Playhouse, which is a big regional theater. And um, I started doing creative drama classes there and then took dance lessons when I was about like 12 or 11. and. I've just always loved performing and I've always like, my biggest goal has always been to be on Broadway. So the fact that I'm here now is like kind of crazy. Yes.
1: Um, And we were talking about before the interview, you played Bert in Mary Poppins Mm -hmm. your junior year. Um, What is it like looking back on those memories of wanting to be on Broadway and
3: then seeing it now that you're at the Marquee Theater? It's, It's wild. Funnily enough, Mary Poppins was my first Broadway show that I saw so i loved getting to yeah right and then i loved getting to have the full circle moment of being in it in high school i i always took what i did really seriously because i knew what my goals were and i knew that i had to work hard to achieve them so when i got the call for this of course i was like flabbergasted and so excited but i also was really nervous right because Mm -hmm then all of your expectations start creeping in and and some nerves, like, am I gonna be good enough, this and that, but all of that faded soon after I started because it's just like the best group of people in the world and I am still pinching myself that I'm I'm here.
1: Yeah, and you posted your reaction on um, TikTok and I wanted to ask you about having public eyes on you while you're learning through Broadway, but also trying to be as
3: authentically yourself on stage. Sure, that's a good question. And I think it's something that our generation has to navigate now a lot more frequently because of social media. I would say that I looked up to a lot of stars growing up, right, like I used to watch all the Broadway.com vlogs, like remember all those that yes, they used to do?
1: They need to bring those back immediately. They, I
3: I agree. And um, so I think of it in those, terms, because I want to give access and give a glimpse behind the scenes for the kids who are like me, who are yearning to be in that position, but don't have the access necessarily. So I, I do think that there's some pressure because you have to like, watch what you say because people are listening. But at the same time, I get excited about it because I'm living in what I imagined so long ago. Um, So I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And you also
1: get to make friends deeper than like backstage stuff because you have Carrie Butler and Elizabeth Teeter who are always on your TikTok, which I love. (laughs) Besties, love them. Yes. So you joined the show in June as a vacation swing. Can you explain what that is?
3: Yeah, a vacation swing is basically like any other swing, which if your listeners don't know, a swing is someone who mainly covers ensemble roles Uh, that substitutes in for an ensemble member when they're sick, injured, et cetera, when they call out of the show. Um, A vacation swing is a bit different because we are called in only when an actor is taking their vacation. And if I'm not mistaken, I think equity Broadway actors have two one week long vacations per year. Right, so like that's usually the time when I would come in. Now in this day and age with COVID, I'm in the building a lot more because on top of vacations and uh, paid time off, people also have to be out if they test positive for coronavirus. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much my role or my duty. And what is the rehearsal process like for that? Sure, I had an interesting process because they needed to kind of rush me into the show, but... Um, you start out just with the dance captain and a stage manager in a studio, like at Pearl or Ripley, Ripley Greer, excuse me. Um, and then you slowly start to add more elements on. So like I started out in a rehearsal studio and then the next week I got on stage and then a couple other swings and understudies would join me. And then we would all kind of work through the show together until it it builds up and builds up until you're on stage with the full company love that, and now you are at 70
1: shows? Yeah. That's insane, great job to you. Thank you. And I know that I've slowly got a peek into this, but some of the COVID guidelines behind the show, how do you manage that um, from an actor standpoint of like, you have to have your mask off by this point um, to go on stage, but also protecting those around you?
3: Yeah, it's definitely a learning curve because we've never had to use those backstage, right? But um, I just kind of try to use my best common sense when I'm in a big group of people. I tend to put my mask on to ensure safety. And then backstage, we're encouraged to pretty much mask up right until the moment we have to be on stage. So even backstage in the wings, we'll have our masks on. Um, they have nice little compartments for us. Usually they'd be for your water bottles or Kleenex or something like that. And now they're for masks, which I guess proves the world that we live in. Um, yeah, so they've come up with a really nice system. We also test twice a week, uh, sometimes more depending on if we have like present COVID cases within the company. Um, but they do a great job. Our COVID safety team does really well. So
1: Um, What are your preparations for a show? Because with a swing, you might be on any track on any night. So what are your different preparations to make sure that you're in the same mind space to perform that show?
3: I have a system that I've come to realize works really well for me. I think every swing has their own system. I color code a lot of the different tracks, and then I put those tracks uh all together in a spacing chart Mm -hmm. and that way i'm able to navigate okay this is where ramon who's yellow goes next to ryan who's red etc um i also will watch tapes of rehearsals uh, to ensure that i know the traffic and the spacing um because i'm very much a visual learner so if I, if I find that I'm going on later that night and I get the call in the morning, luckily I'll have time to watch through the videos and like take an hour or so to brush up on my stuff. But I've also had instances where I've had 29 minutes of preparation, like after half hour getting called in. Yeah. So in that case, I do have flashcards. I have my tracking sheets that are color coded yet again. And um, I just quickly uh, skim through those. Fortunately, I, um, I've um i been on for all of the tracks long enough now that I don't have to rehearse that much because it's in my body. But in the beginning, I had to make sure that I was looking over it constantly.
1: Being a swing sounds so hard, but they've been so important in keeping the industry running and not shutting down for another two years.
3: The heroes of Broadway, truly.
1: Retweet. <laughs> I've been saying that so much recently. Anytime someone says something at school, I'm like, retweet. Mm-hmm. Retweet. Everything's Twitter now.
3: Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I like that. Retweet.
1: Um, will I be making a feature on your TikTok now? you just talking, say retweet now?
3: Uh, maybe. Every Who single knows? video, retweet. Okay. Hey, maybe.
1: <laughs> so getting more into your TikTok side of yourself, you do a fantastic Patty LuPone impression. Thank you. Um, where did you find out that you could do that? And many other impressions.
3: I found out I could do that from watching her bootlegs of Mama Rose in Gypsy uh, when I was 10. So, <laughs> so when I came out as gay, my parents were like, duh, <laughs> you used to watch Patti Lapone all the time. Um, no, anywho, but uh, yeah, I would try to mimic the sounds that she was making. That's how I learned how to do her. And the iconic vibrato... Of course. Uh, Could we get a small sampling of Patty LaPone? Oh, sure. Um, uh, well, th- would you rather, would you he- want to hear a company reference or um, a gypsy reference? Company. Okay, sure. <laughs> Literally, when I listen to that in the show, I like, there no she's difference. supposed to blend in. She's supposed to blend in with the ensemble. All you can hear is her it's voice. It's just Patty. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, Lord. Okay, here we go. Um,
1: There was a tour guide when we got here today, just walking by, and, like, pointed at a theater and was like, this is where Patti LuPone performed this. And then I just, like, under my breath, was starting to sing. And my Patti LuPone impression is awful. But it's like... Oh, I'm sure it's great. Anything
3: else. Anything else? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Placement. Thank you. Yes. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: What is your tactic for that?
3: To keep the audience engaged? I just, to be honest, I just do things that are interesting or funny to me, and I hope that it translates to yeah. the viewership. I, I think if you are constantly trying to impress people, your content doesn't come across as authentic, you know what I mean? So generally it's like I will, if I'm watching a show or I'm like listening to a soundtrack, and I think, oh, that would be funny to dub Patty's voice on top of that. That's usually the process of how it works, um, and then people seem to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times I've sent my friends links and it's just <laughs> you as Patty LePone singing. <laughs> and then recently, it's been sending that and being like, I'm interviewing this guy in New York. How? <laughs> this is a huge step for me. And funny story. So I had to have my COVID test today. Mm -hmm. and we had the rapid antigen we brought it with us because they were the government gave them out last year i think um but we didn't get to check into our hotel until like an hour
3: ago so we sat down in central park and did a covid test that is incredible and also like good on you for starting this like this is it's very difficult to start a podcast and maintain it for so long so like good on you this is like very impressive thank you So one question that I've asked every single
1: person that I've interviewed ever, I think. So you recently graduated from college Mm -hmm. um, before CATS. And do you think that education and schooling shaped you more as a performer or learning while you're on the job in your experience?
3: For me, I needed and wanted the four years of a BFA program to kind of nurture the skills that I already had. Um, But I think the answer to that is it depends on who you are, because I know a lot of people who didn't go through a musical theater program at a college level who are now working professionally and killing the game, right? So, but in my experience... I enjoyed the atmosphere of college because I grew as a person on top of a performer. And I think if you're still trying to find elements of who you are, college is a good opportunity to do that because when you move to New York, sometimes you're like having to, uh, you know, maintain yourself with a job as well as auditioning and it becomes, you know, very taxing. So I was fortunate to have those four years to grow as a, person as well as an artist so i'm i'm happy i did that but i also think that like any journey is a valid one yeah
1: and i think you were talking about being a better person i think that also goes hand in hand with being a better artist is Mm -hmm. finding your own way to create yourself in a character but also portray another character
3: yeah that i completely agree like the people who are most informed and the most experienced, people I find are like the best actors. Yeah. So
1: growing up around theater, what do you hope people learn from, whether it be like high school theater or community theater, as a way to make their way to Broadway?
3: I would say, just work hard to be the best version of yourself and try not to compare yourself to The people that are working right now. Yeah. Um. I just say that because the industry changes all the time, and even the types of shows that are on Broadway change all the time. So that being said, like don't when people say, "Oh, just be you," sometimes I don't love that because I also think that like being just you isn't always enough. Like I also think you need to nurture the talents you already have and work on the things you're not already great at. Um, So for me, like I came into college primarily as a dancer, right, and worked really hard in my voice lab to ensure that I, you know, came out with a stronger voice than I came in with, Um, and I worked really, really hard and like now I'm really proud of where I'm at. Of course, I've got a long way to go, but I'm happy with where I am now. So I think that's the secret is like, be you, but work hard to be the best version of you. That's fantastic. And I know
1: dance is one of my struggle areas. Mm-hmm. I am a mediocre mover.
3: Hey, that uh, that's okay. That is all right. But um, yeah, we're working
1: on it. We're working <laughs> on it. Um, what Broadway shows do you suggest for people to come see this season?
3: It's a packed season. It is a packed season. Beetlejuice, of course. Yes. Plug, sh- shameless plug, because it's the best show ever. Um. Do you mean, like, shows that are currently coming in or shows that are uh, on Broadway right now? Either one works. Um, I Love Six is a great one. I love... Wicked is a timeless one to me. Like, I could see that show hundreds of times. and I kind of already have. Um, Also, A Strange Loop is very artful and creative in the way that it presents itself. Um, And also, I, I hate to go back to it, but Beetlejuice, just to give another plug, is... It has all of those things that I just mentioned about the other shows combined into one. Yeah. The score is awesome. The talent is amazing. The set and the spectacle is the best part, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's also a great story. Like, there's a lot of heart and a lot of ingenuity amidst all the craziness and chaos. So I would say, if you are interested at all, come come by and see us. Yes. Well, is there anything from
1: the standpoint of the show or anything that you want wanted to add before we wrap up?
3: I just, uh, what I'll say is this show has had such a, an arc. Uh, like it, if anybody knows the story, you know, we started out in one theater, the pandemic hit, it was questionable as to whether we were gonna come back or not, and now we're back, which is awesome. And um, it's just, it's one of the coolest fan bases I've ever seen let alone been a part of, because like I've been around like a long time, not necessarily just performing, but I've been seeing shows and been a fan of Broadway for so long. And this fan group is just like one of the coolest, most dedicated groups of people I've ever seen. Um, So I just wanna like encourage people to keep doing that because Beetlejuice is great about fan interaction. So we, you know, do a lot of fan contests and even like the new Playbill is a fan art project that is now the cover of the Playbill, which is so awesome. So I would just say like, keep up the creativity and the ingenuity because we are watching.
1: Yeah, and I don't know who's in charge of the Playbill covers and all that kind of stuff, but the way that the show just like encourages art because they have that whole fan art wall, mm-hmm. I think is very beautiful mm-hmm. to see from a Broadway show.
3: Absolutely, yeah. because artistry, manifests in many different shapes and sizes, right? Yeah. So as a theater artist, I can't draw to save my life. It's just a fact, but um, a lot of the fans can, and it's so cool to watch that. I love that. Um, well, if there
1: is nothing else, um, I think, I think that's all I have. Thank you so much for being here and agreeing to do this in person. Of course, this
3: was so fun. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you so much, Sean, and thank you so much for listening and making it to this part of the episode. I hope to see you next week as I come back with another interview. Thank you so much.
2: 18 plus.